Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. We're going to speak with a man whom I have admired for quite some time. I speak of Father Tony Flannery. A man told in 2012 that he could no longer serve in ministry. And this was not because he'd done that out of the way. All he'd done is said that maybe the church needs to rethink a few things. Among them, its attitude to women priests. And uh, Father Flannery was summoned to Rome and rapped on the knuckles, to say the least, but then told that he could no longer celebrate Mass in public. Tony, you're the subject of a, a new documentary on T.G. Carr on Wednesday, and in, in reading ahead of it, I was uh, upset for you, very upset for you, when Geraldine, your sister, died. They refused to allow you to say her Mass. Good morning. Good morning, Tony. Incidentally, the weather is getting mouldy here, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, that was one of the unfortunate things. Uh, what I discovered, you see, when uh, when I was suspended in 2012, I put 40 years practically behind me working full-time as a priest, very active, mostly up and down the country. I'm a redemptress, giving missions and retreats and all that sort of stuff. And then... All of a sudden, just overnight, every door was closed. Mm-hmm. And I became an outsider. Uh, that was a strange experience. For people who wouldn't remember, Tony, well, first of all, the Redemptorists. Younger people wouldn't remember the Redemptorists. You were the fire and brimstone merchants. That, did that, was, be- that was before my time. <laughs> <laughs> we, had, we had gone soft. If, if, <laughs> if, if, if I met the softies, I don't know what the other guys were. But no... What did you say that got you kicked out, Tony? Because people would not believe it when you tell them. It was more what I what I had written, you see. I started writing articles and then I started writing books. And when you put things in print, you're setting yourself up. You, you mentioned some of the issues. Uh, they had to do around priesthood. And, of course, when you're talking about priesthood, you're talking about the whole issue of women in the church. And that, that was a big one. And then aspects of Catholic sexual teaching, the contraception issue, the LGBT, they were the sort of issues uh, that were... Uh, I wasn't the only one, God, there were lots of others saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, they picked on me and out the door. So, And the ironic thing about that, PJ, is, uh, I don't know, will your listeners know there's a big synod going on in Rome at the moment, a culmination of a couple of years of consultation right around the world, and uh, about 400 people gathered in Rome for the month. And all the issues yeah. that I was suspended about are now on the floor of the synod being openly 
discussed. Like women deacons anyway, whatever about women priests, isn't that right? There's certainly, well, in a broader sense, the whole equality of women is is a big issue. I had one of the big guys over there now is Cardinal Hollerich, he's a Swiss. Uh, he'd be really a right-hand man of Francis. And I saw him quoted yesterday saying, by far the biggest issue facing the Catholic Church internationally is the question of women and equality for women. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was great to hear a guy like that saying that. I mean, when I said that, I was thrown out the door. But there you go, that's the way it goes. Now, go, back, go back to that time um, when you were, as you say, thrown out the door. You, you were summoned to Rome. I was summoned. Now, Good to know, uh, Benedict was still Pope at that stage. Francis hadn't come in for another year. I was summoned to Rome by the head of the Redemptress, the international Redemptress, and told that I was in serious trouble because the Vatican objected to my writings and basically was saying that I was heretic. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. So you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. And that began the process. What I discovered when I went to Rome was that the whole process had actually happened. The uh, accusations had come in where they came from, I don't know, and uh, this was never revealed to me of the nature of the accusations against me. The accusations had come in, the discussions happened in the Curia in the Congregation of Doctrine and Faith, decisions were made, Mm -hmm. penalties were decided on, all of that was done before I even knew about it. So the judge banged the gavel before the accused man was even in court? Exactly. And the Redemptorist authorities then were really just the um, messenger boys for the Vatican. And all because you'd been discussing things then that are almost coming into being church policy now. Tony, then what happened? Your your, your beloved sister, Geraldine, uh, they, they, passed yeah. away. Well, in the last couple of years, two members of my family died. Peter Frost, uh, who, who was in Limerick, and he died. And I, I had no difficulty getting permission to celebrate Peter's Mass publicly. Uh, the Bishop of Limerick, uh, I must say, Brendan Leahy, was 
very, very uh, supportive and all of that. And then about a year later, Geraldine died. Now, Geraldine, I was close to Geraldine. She was an unmarried uh, lady. She was uh, practiced Chinese medicine and that. And uh, she'd had a congenital heart condition. So she knew she wasn't going to live into old age. To mind you, she was about 76 or 77 when she died. But she had always insisted to me, she said... To you to say my funeral mass. Mm-hmm. Now, I was suspended at that stage. She said, wherever it is, I want you to say it. And close to where she lived, there was a, a marquee business. And she had gone and spoken to them and said, when I die, I want you to set up a marquee in the field so that Tony will be able to say the mass. Mm-hmm. She had all that arranged. But COVID intervened, and when she died, COVID was still the beginning to ease off, but was still there. And the marquee business was gone anyway at that stage. Mm-hmm. So, thinking of the experience with my brother the previous year, I rang up the administrator in June Cathedral and I asked him, would it be okay if I celebrated the funeral mass? And like, I didn't expect any problem with it, but he said the Archbishop was away, he'd have to check with them. And he came back to me about 24 hours later to say, no, the Archbishop uh, refused permission to celebrate Mass. Uh, Now, I was really uh, taken aback at that. And Mm -hmm. uh, by unfortunate coincidence, I think it was about 15 minutes later, I'd been with that, but uh, I was briefly away that morning and I got what she had died. So all that. She she died oh, while you were seeking permission yes, to say no, her mass in a, in, what, in, a, what, in a church. What I did then, and it's actually shown a bit in tomorrow night's program. I we we celebrated the funeral mass in her house. Mm. She had a nice sunroom with glass and a garden outside it. Yeah, because, uh, because you can say mass, Tony, can't you? You still a priest. You can say mass, but not in but not in a church without permission from the presiding bishop. Exactly, well, not publicly. That'll be in the document. We're coming to a point now, though, and we're only, I was only talking to the parish priest of Killa a few weeks ago here, who was saying lay people are going to have to be covering funerals soon. There are no young priests. There are very few pe- priests joining. That's true. And yeah. there's a crisis facing the church, and yet they'll still tell someone like you, you can't say mass. There's an enormous change coming, uh, happening in the church right before our eyes. And all the indications are that certainly in the Western world, priesthood as we know it is dying out. Mm-hmm. And we'll have to, uh, new thinking will have to come into uh, who exercises ministry, who celebrates Mass and that. Mm. Because to some people, having a priest at their funeral is very important to them. To others, they couldn't care less. Exactly. Lots of families are not baptizing their kids. Their children mm. anymore, yes. Yes, so the whole, uh, uh, in a lot of ways, and I don't take any pleasure in this at all, but it, the church is really falling apart. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's in, in a way, Tony, and I know you'll answer this question because you're not a man who's ever shirked away from a question about the church. Is the church, I know, even given what Pope Francis is trying to do, is the church reaping what it has sown? Oh, to a fair degree it is. You're perfectly right there, PJ. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, like even my own experience of justice or injustice in the church, it's medieval in so many ways. The church has not changed in 
centuries. <laughs> and, and as you say, society has gone way past, cultural norms have gone way past it, and that's where the women's issue, like for the church to sideline women effectively in terms of decision-making and ministry is so out of tune with modern life and the way that other organizations are running. By a pure layman's view, Tony, a number of years ago, I used to think, well, we've got a few nuns still. Could we not bless them, ordain them, and give them the right to say mass? At least you're picking from your own flock, as it were. (laughs) I suppose that that's really not possible anymore because the poor nuns are in the same state as ourselves. <laughs> they're probably worse, God What's bless them. What's left of them are very old. No, they're great is ladies. Pr- isn't it? That is the problem, Tony. People aren't joining the church. People aren't joining religious life. People aren't joining priesthood. No, the whole credibility of the thing, of course, the clerical sexual abuse, did enormous yeah, damage yeah, to credibility. Yeah, 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 that too, yeah. Oh, that yeah. And, and the mother and baby homes and, and forced adoption All and, of and, that. and the Magdalene laundries. That destroyed the church once people, I think I was involved in the early days of the Magdalene laundry story and the mother and baby stories coming out. I was one of the journalists that was privileged to have people come forward and talk to me about what they've been through. And I think that was was the late 90s, maybe early 90s. I think that horrified a general public that either didn't know or were never told about it. And I know people of my own circle, who the minute I began to tell stories like mother and baby home stories, Magdalene laundry stories, when the abuse stories broke, and you know we had a lot of big stories here in Cork and Cloyne and all those places, people ran in their droves and they never came back. Yes, yes, yes. It's ironic, actually, the particular article that the Vatican objected to uh, that I had written had to do with the Klein report. Oh, God, I remember (laughs) being there for that press conference, too. I'm sure you did. And I read your report. (laughs) But there you go. Yes. Haven't we, like God, in my lifetime, we have seen some collapse in the Catholic Church? Now, that wouldn't be true all over the world, but it's very true in the Western world. (laughs) I think it's particularly true in Ireland, and as you said, and I did put that question to you, it is reaping what it has sown. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. And the, the question now is, like, I think increasingly people are beginning to make a distinction between church and faith. And Very much so. Can, Very much so. Can faith, uh, the Christian faith, faith in Christ, can that survive even though the church is collapsing all around us? Uh, I had a dear friend who died a number of years ago and in one of our last conversations I said to him you're a man of faith are you? Yes. I said I am. He said deep faith. But I said I, you haven't been inside uh, a church in 20 years. I, he I, said the two are not the same my friend. Good on him. Well spoken yes and I think more and more we're beginning to realise that and it's so important that we try to make that distinct. Because if, if the faith is firmly attached to the church to faith will collapse along with the church and that would be the real tragedy the church will do without other forms will develop mm. but the, the message is more important yeah Tony I wish you well um, you're, you're still campaigning away uh, doing a bit now 
tomorrow night anyway I'm, I've seen the programme and it's lovely and I'm delighted with it in the sense that sort of it, it's put the whole story on record from my point of view and I'm delighted with I it I did not know lastly I did not know that your brother is Frank yeah. um, now to those of us into politics the name Frank Flannery <laughs> You know, one of the hardest-nosed negotiators in the history of Irish politics. <laughs> and he couldn't believe what was done to you. That's right, yes. Yes, poor old Frank is not... <clears throat> he, he, well, Frank is older than me now. He, he's soon, really? he'll be soon 80. Right. And don't mind you, he's looking great on a traduce to him. But he, he's not involved in the political world anymore. Oh, I know that. I know that. But in his time... In, in his time, if you were facing was. if you were facing Frank Flannery across the table, you were in trouble. <laughs> I must tell him that, DJ. <laughs> give him, please, do give him my personal regards, will you, Tony? Because Would we haven't seen him? each other for a long time. Yeah, ah, I just seen good. him frequently. I just seen him frequently. Good, good, good. Yeah, all right. Listen, okay, look after yourself and take care. Thank you very much. Lovely talking to you. Cheers. Thank you. Lovely, lovely, lovely man. The great Tony Flannery. That uh, program on TG Cahar uh, tomorrow night. They're believing. People are leaving the church in droves. They're not getting their children baptised. They're pulling their children out of the sacraments. But yet they're people of faith. There you are. I, know I won't reveal the name of the person who died a number of years ago that I was, was a dear friend of mine. But we talked about things, as you do. When you know a friend of yours is, is on the last lap, um, you talk about things that you've never talked about before. And I was talking to him about faith. And he was a man of... Very deep faith. Very deep faith. And I said, but you haven't been inside the door of the church in 20 years. He said, no, I haven't. But they're not the same thing. And you were listening to uh, Father Flannery. Good morning. Morning. What would you have to say? Yeah, um, why don't they allow married men married to become priests? That's a strange thing. They do sometimes. They do, because I know in my brother's parish in Leamington, they have a married couple. And it's the best thing they ever did because he's so understanding. Yeah. He knows what people are on about and he listens to them. Yeah. I know in the Church of England and in the Church of Ireland, obviously, where they're married, if a Church of Ireland or Church of England minister converts to Catholicism, yeah. then they can, and assuming they're married, that's okay. They, they yeah. can do that. Um, because that they were out of priests for a good couple of months, you know, because as you say, there's not many of them there. Yes. But this particular priest and his family moved into the church house and it's flying. It's packed out every Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it's understandable. Then priests understand. Yeah. There's some priests there that wouldn't give it the time of the day. Mm. Are you a person of faith yourself, Anne? I am indeed, yeah. Do you, do you go to Mass? I do, and I listen to it on the radio if I can't, do or on, on the phone, I mean, if I can't. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's Radio Marion or something. You can get it on the phone, isn't that right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So I does it, does your faith mean a lot to you? It does indeed, because I do pray a lot for everybody that's gone before me, yeah. and for people that are ill, I do pray. And you think that um, if married men could become priests... Oh, my goodness, the churches would be full. And how would you feel about women being priests? Oh, but I would agree with that as well. Would you? I mean, everybody's equal today, supposed to be. Supposed to be is the question, isn't it? Yeah. Wouldn't so it, wouldn't it be a great change if a church okay. that once sent women away to 
places in the country to have their children only for their children to be adopted without their knowledge or consent mm -hmm. to now allow those same women to become priests wouldn't that be some change wouldn't it be a big change wouldn't it be chances of it ever happening i imagine are quite slim courts 96 fm